Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another week of the United States Sports Show Lacrosse Edition. My name is Joe Marcellina, and joining me again, Dairyfield AD and boys lacrosse coach Chris Hetler. Chris, how are you doing? Joe, I'm great. I think I told you last Friday it, it felt like a it felt like a state championship out there. It was just so <laughs> like it was so euphoric to be back on the field coaching again, and uh, it's great great feeling. Glad we're here, and uh, you know it's it's nice to be back out on the field again. Yeah, we are we are just rolling right along here. Uh, nice good 10 days into the season uh we got a lot of games to talk about some some actual on-field lacrosse action um you know this season though we will be uh we'll be posting the podcast at nh-highschoolsports.com on thursday mornings uh so make sure you check that out every week and as always you can send us your questions and feedback by shooting an email to nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com or on twitter at nhhsports and uh, to the guy that emailed me this week asking, uh, wanting to inquire on kids lacrosse lessons, I think you might have the wrong email address. Um, no one wants me to be teaching their kids, uh, well, I'm pretty much probably anything, but, but especially not le- uh, how to play lacrosse. Oh, Joe, you're not giving yourself enough <laughs> credit there, man. You've watched a lot of lacrosse in your day. I'm I've sure watched it. Because I'm sure you could give private lessons. Considering I've never actually picked up a stick, I, I yeah, I mean, that might be a that might be a tough sell. <laughs> <laughs> well, any uh, before we get rolling into it, any um, anything that you want to throw out there? Anything you got to announce, or or any um, just you know starts uh, thoughts to start off with, or do you want to you want to jump right into our college roundup? Well, we'll get into the college roundup, and I think I think we'll talk a little bit. We had we had mentioned earlier uh, when we first started the podcast this late winter and early spring that we felt like with the regional scheduling we might see some we might see some strange scores with teams Absolutely. having to turn around and play each other. We've already seen that, and then we've got our first. You know, we'll get into the BG Pinkerton. We've got our first. Uh, you know, big rematch there. Uh, we had Exeter South Egan the other day. They play each other again. Um, so all kinds of all kinds of crazy things like that that are happening. Um, so I'm excited to talk about that. But yeah, I mean on the on the college side, um, you know we had uh, I mean the biggest game last weekend. You know everybody was looking forward to North Carolina and Syracuse, looking at two titans of the ACC, and North Carolina went into the dome and just absolutely smacked them around. And two guys who had a big day there, you know Zach Tucci had a goal facing off and absolutely dominated the faceoff struggle. He had 15 wins over 65% on the day. Uh, Brian Cameron uh, came in in the second half, went viral with, with his goal, uh, you know, caught a, caught a pat or caught a uh, deflection off the crease, caught it, went BTB, uh, just it was all over the internet. Very cool goal. Uh, so congrats to Brian and Zach on a huge win in the carrier dome, not an easy place to go in and get one. And they got it done in, in style there, sent a message to the rest of the ACC. Um, Dylan Rant still having a huge year. They, they lost nine, six to, uh, to Towson, but they wouldn't even been in the game without him. He had a hat trick on the day, uh, three goals there. Um, we had two guys, uh, for two, two of our local faceoff guys, Nate Liberty and, and Cole Brahms, each playing each in action this weekend. Uh, you know, Nate picking up, you know, a couple wins in the faceoff circle, Cole doing the same. Unfortunately, both teams dropping tough games. Bryant lost to St. Joe's 13, five. And uh, Utah played a very good Virginia team, a, a Virginia team that's getting hot in the ACC at the right time, 18-11. But again, Cole and Nate, you know, doing good work for, for them there. And then uh, Merrimack picked up a very impressive win over Sacred Heart, 14-10. We had Drew Haley have a hat trick. And uh, Henry Vogt picked up another win in net with nine saves there. So, again, uh, great to see those guys having so much success. So, 
that was kind of it on the uh, on the college side on the on the men's this weekend. Yeah, so I wanna I wanna actually look at a couple of uh, women's teams that uh, they played Wednesday Wednesday. Um, I'm assuming afternoon, um, and one of them one of them I feel like every time we've kind of checked in on them, uh, we've been saying oh had more games postponed, uh, and that's uh, that's UNH uh, the UNH women. Uh, have finally gotten uh, to play a couple games here uh, over over the last few weeks. Uh, they're sitting at three and five on the season, uh, and uh, on Wednesday they actually they dropped a game uh, at home against Binghamton. Binghamton, excuse me, thirteen to ten. Uh, but they had a couple of a uh, couple of local kids uh, doing some, making some noise in that game. Uh, leading the way was uh, Mackenzie McEachern from Bedford. She had two goals and assists uh, in that loss. And uh, also from uh, Nashua North, Gabby Masur, uh, she had a goal in that game. Also, uh, Taylor Dudek, who uh, played at Sauhegan, also uh, had a uh, solid game on defense for UNH. So a uh, couple of locals getting into that game and seeing some time, unfortunately, coming out on the short end. And then uh, the other game I wanted to mention, uh, actually between two teams that have a lot of local kids playing on them, uh, Bryant with a 19-7 uh, win over Merrimack on Wednesday. Uh, you know, we've talked a lot about the, uh, the the Bryant men's team and and the three freshmen that are down there doing a lot for them. But we haven't, you know, early on we didn't talk much about the Bryant women. Probably they had uh, five of their first games of the year postponed. Um, finally, getting into a stretch where they've been playing a lot. They've won two in a row, three of their last four, and uh, you know they're getting some some contributions from uh, a couple local kids. Uh, of course, Emma Lindquist from Wyndham. Um, she's got ten goals for them on the year. And uh, a freshman from Bedford, Chamberlain Bell, uh, she's also having a big year. Five goals, eight assists on the season. And uh, in that win over Merrimack, uh, she also um, – or she had a big game, I believe, with a goal and I want to say six assists. I'm waiting <laughs> waiting for it to come up here on, on my screen here. Uh, yeah, goal and, and six assists in that win. And then uh, over the weekend, they also had a win over Sacred Heart. She had three goals and an assist in that one. So she's getting – Getting a little more playing time, getting a chance to, to show what she can do. And on the other side of that, uh, in, in Merrimack, uh, of course, they've we talked them about them a little bit earlier in the year. They've struggled uh, to just two and nine on the year. Uh, but they're actually, they're three leading scorers, uh, all New Hampshire products. Uh, and the one that kind of, I mean, jumps right off the page at you here. Like I said, so they played 11 games this year. And you've got uh, senior... Uh, Megan DeZallo from uh, from Hampton. She played at Winnicott. She's got 39 goals uh, in 11 games this year. Whoa! <laughs> yeah. Um, so she's you know despite their their kind of tough season, um, she's had had a, a nice senior year. Another senior for them, uh, Haley Bartlett. She's second on the team with 26 goals. Uh, and then uh, Taylor Darrell, who's from Bow, another senior. Uh, she's got 17 goals. So they're top three scorers, all New Hampshire kids. Uh, of course, they're, uh, as we said, unfortunately having a, a rough season there, but uh, putting up some nice numbers. Nice. So good, uh, good overall. You know, and there's some. Uh, I encourage some people to uh, to check out the D2 side of things too on the boys' side. There, there was a ton of games. Uh, we record this on on Wednesday nights here. There were a ton of great games. Uh, Southern New Hampshire just picked up an, another win tonight. They beat St. Mike's 11 and five. They're now five and four on the year. Uh, Franklin Pierce and Bentley, you know, two teams with a bunch of bunch of New Hampshire guys on it. They battled today. Bentley came out on top with a with a 12-6 win there. Um, St. Anselm is just absolutely rolling right now. They look like they look like they may be a team that may give you know maybe able to give Lemoyne 
uh, a shot here and, and go after them. They they beat AIC 17 to one. They've got a bunch of uh, New Hampshire guys on their team. So there's some great action going on in the, in the D2 side of things as well. Oh, uh, I think, uh, you know, we talked about, um, you know, between, I, I know we mentioned it a couple times, I think on, on the podcast, but uh, finally getting a chance to do it here as we, we kind of roll into the high school stuff. Um, you know, we started last week with the uh, the top ten coaches poll. Um, you know, we, we've got a select number of coaches from around the state and a couple other media people who are, are voting on this. Uh, um, it's uh, you know, I, it, it oftentimes, I mean, kind of comes out the same way. You know, there's not too much change necessarily in in different uh, spots in the poll sometimes. Uh, but I personally, I, I really enjoy doing. It. I love putting it together, and I love seeing what other you know what other people think. Um, you know, and I think I think this year I'm gonna I'm gonna put my neck out there, and uh, I, we're gonna talk about what my poll was for this week. We of course had you know what what the coaches uh, put together. Read that off real quick. Um, of course, you had Bishop Girton coming in at number one, uh, Exeter two, Pinkerton three, Dairyfield four, Londonderry five. Nashua South six, Bedford seven, uh, Winnicott eight, Sauhegan nine, and then Portsmouth jumping up into the tenth place spot this week. Uh, they were the only uh, only team that wasn't in the first week that, that they're now in, uh, with Wyndham dropping out. Of course, that makes sense since Portsmouth beat Wyndham twice that opening week. Uh, you know, before I get into my poll though, any any surprises to you there in that in that top ten or any anything that stands out? Uh, not necessarily surprises, but just, uh, you know, congratulations to uh, the Coach Fisher and Portsmouth on their hot start. I mean, you know, Wyndham's a team that I think is, is going to come into their own, um, you know, even though they've had a little bit of a slow start. They've got they've got a lot of offensive firepower there. But for Portsmouth to play as well as they have as a team to hold, you know, Wyndham to five goals and six goals in consecutive games uh, is a credit to the coaching and, and to the kids that are playing there. Um, you know, very impressive there. I think you know uh, another team that might be flying under the radar a little bit that we that we'll we'll get into and talk to a little bit about is, is Timberlane and and their um, their slow start but still you know a really tough schedule. You play Winnicott twice and you got South uh, dropping two overtime games there, one against Winnicott and one against South. Um, you know they they stand out to me as a team that might have the ability to get into that poll. And then uh, Hollis Brookline right now undefeated. Um, you know, had had some had some good games with uh, with Campbell to start the season, and then picked up a big win against Pelham. So that's another team that could make some make some moves. Um, anybody else that you're keeping an eye on outside the pool well, right now that you might think might make a move? Well, I you know, with that said, uh, why don't I I'll just jump right into mine because I do have a team there in we my, go. my poll that is not in the uh, in the top ten. Um, my top four, though, I I mean, is is the same as what what we what I just listed. BG number one, Exeter two, Pinkerton three, and uh, and Dairyfield four. Um, you know, my I will say the first week I did have Pinkerton two and Exeter three, uh, so I did flip those teams. Um, just from what I've seen, you know, I've, I've had the opportunity to see both of them a couple times already, and um, you know, just the way they look right now, Exeter's offense is uh, as good as anybody's, maybe outside of BG's. Um, I'm just I've been really impressed with just the number of guys that they've got that can score. Um, you know, so I did flip those two. So then at, and that's uh, without, and that's without Aiden Drunzik. Yeah. He didn't percent right now. Yeah. He didn't, he did not play against Sauhegan, uh, right. the other day. So yeah, they've, um, they're even a little shorthanded. 
Um, so I wouldn't we, say they're shorthanded. Well, <laughs> they don't have it. <laughs> that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so the, where where my poll differs now from uh, from the uh, the top ten. Um, I have Nashua South and Londonderry flipped right now, uh, or at least I did this week. I had South at number five, Londonderry at six. Um, you know, my reasoning with that, probably just that, um, and, and maybe this isn't fair to Londonderry opening with two games against BG, but I just, in the games that I saw live, I thought South just looked a little bit more, uh, I don't want to say complete because nobody is at this point, but just they look like things are a little more fluid to me. But that's also probably tough to gauge when you're playing a team, you know, that's as, as uh, skilled as BG. And, you know, I don't, I could see that them two flipping too. Um, I can yeah. understand putting them Londonderry fifth and South sixth. So that's not one that I'm, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I differ too much from, from everyone else. Uh, so then I had at seven, I actually had um, Sauhegan at seven in my poll uh, coming off um, a great game last Friday. You mentioned it uh, at the start that you guys, uh, Dairyfield, played Sauhegan Friday night at the uh, NH Sportsplex, which uh, I, I tweeted out was uh, the first indoor game ever in New Hampshire, and, and quite a few people uh, let me know that it was not. <laughs> uh, but then I was told by the officials that um, the location everybody mentioned as where that first game was isn't a regulation-sized field, so it couldn't have been a, re- a regular season game. So you know what? I'm just going to say it was the first indoor game in like 12 years. <clears throat> first indoor I think you're game. safe. I think you're safe with that. <laughs> first indoor game that I attended, so it must be the first one ever, right? There you go. Um, I mean, that was just a, a quite a battle. Um, you know, I, I thought that game that you guys had that game pretty much in the bag uh, midway through that third quarter, and then Sauhegan went on a run and really made things interesting. So yeah, I had them at seventh in my poll. Uh, then at eight, I had Winnicunit. Uh, as we mentioned, they had a couple big wins over Timberlane last week, and then they had another big overtime win uh, on Tuesday against Wyndham. Number nine, I had Portsmouth. You know, as we, and again, as we mentioned, them too, uh, starting off the season pretty hot. And then here's where my 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 poll is different. I uh, I put in uh, Trinity at number ten. Um, ah. Yeah. I you know I like to try to get in a D three team. Um, yep. You know, and I think that they you know they've got a couple wins over Pelham in that first week and then they had a big win Tuesday over uh Hillsborough Deering um you know and when I saw them last week I just kind of thought that they you know like again nobody is a complete team at this point but just the way that they the, the talent that's there um I expect them to be you know continuing up throughout the course of the season so I put them in at 10. I'd like to see, you know, that you, you mentioned it when we were talking off air that that uh, Campbell has games coming yes, up with Trinity, and I think that week. that will be that will be a good test to see where Campbell's at. Campbell had two great games against Hollis Brookline, put up ten the first time they played Hollis, and then nearly knocked them off thirteen twelve the, the second time they played. And I think and that was I think that was an overtime game. Over. Yeah, uh, that was an overtime game. I think on on that second time, second time around. Yeah. So yeah, that's um, that's going to be a, so a really interesting one. That that'll be an interesting that'll be an interesting showdown there to kind of kind of shake out Division Three to see who's even though even though Campbell's starting off one and two, you know they play play one of the top teams in in Division Two and give them a good run. Um, that'll be that'll be a good test there. Um, you know the the perennial champion Hopkins in started off with a win at Kearsarge there eleven six. Um, they've got another game with Kearsarge coming up at home, so we'll kind of see where they're at. 
Um, you know, another team to keep an eye on would be uh, would be St. Thomas. You know, they they had to start a week later. They weren't able to play Dover, and then then got off to a nice start uh, the other day. So I'm I'm interested to kind of see how that team develops over the year too. Sean always, coach always does a good coach. Willahan always does a good job up there. So kind of looking to see how that team develops over over time as well. Another team that outside the outside the poll right now to maybe keep an eye on. And and I feel like this is probably a good point to mention too. Um, I've heard from a, from a couple of coaches who are, are also in the poll. Um, you know that with uh, with the way this season is going is technically not counting uh, towards playoffs. Um, there's maybe less of an emphasis to put scores up online. Um, you know, I guess my first my first request would be, you know, get on your ADs to, to actually put the score up so we can, you know, we have a, a good idea of what we're actually voting on for these polls. Um, or if that's not, uh, that's not working out, feel free to send them to me. I'll, I'll you know, I as many scores as we can get on, on the website, love to have it. Um, you know, I mentioned my email earlier, nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com. Fire it off. Or if you, you want to shoot me a text, you know, send an email there and, and, you know, maybe I need to make my, uh, my cell phone number a little more, uh, available. So coaches can just take a picture of their box score, send it to me. You know, I'm going to tell be... you as a teacher and an AD, that's a really bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, well, I'm glad I didn't like mention it on, on the, you know, as we're recording here then. So, um, yeah, just a thought, you know, I, I, I would love to, to kind of, you know, we we can... you, we'll get you a burner account. There we'll we go. You, yeah. We'll get, we'll get you, we'll get you a disposable flip phone there. That sounds like a good idea. <laughs> I'm sure my wife will really approve of that. Uh, anyways. All right. Let's get into some, uh, I think there was a, 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 a Pretty big boys lacrosse game on Tuesday night in New Hampshire, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I believe you are correct. Yes. Uh, yeah, we had the first uh, meeting uh, between Pinkerton and Bishop Girton, um, first since the 2019 championship game. This game is, uh, I mean, it's always one of the biggest of the year. And uh, what's really interesting about this year is they're going to do it again on Thursday, um, which I don't know. I, I Have they ever played twice in a regular season? I can't imagine. Uh, that twice in a row. No, I, they, they've definitely played two times in a season before, but not oh, right. Uh, but I mean, I mean, scheduled ones, not just in the, the finals or the playoffs. Yeah. You know, they, they, know. In, in, there have been years where they have played each other twice, but for the most, for the most part, because you know, the standard, you know, you want to get that one seed. Uh, I think for the most part, they have stuck to one, one a year and then, and then, you know, kind of paired that with other out of state games too, to supplement that. Um, so you're not, you're not giving away too many, too many secrets by playing each other too many times right. there. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see if there are any adjustments made by, by either team, um, you know, and how much they give each other away in case they do end up seeing each other in the playoffs at some point down the road. Um, but you know, what did, what did you, what your initial thoughts, what did you take away from, from watching both teams play? I mean, what were you coming, you know, coming into Thursday? What are you, what are your thoughts about both teams? So I thought going into the game, you know, having seen both teams play in that first week and, um, you know, just knowing the, the intensity that usually comes with playing this game, I thought there was a potential for the first half to kind of go the way that it did. Um, but I thought that it would be more of a factor of, you know, I saw Pinkerton play Bedford last Saturday. Um, you know, they played well at times, but at other times, not, you know, not so much, especially down the stretch. I thought if they, they had that in them, it, it could have gotten, 
really ugly on Tuesday, um, but they didn't. They came out with the intensity. Um, they played hard. They they played that f- first half. Um, they just they struggled to kind of maintain possession, specifically in the second quarter. Um, you know, I I mean, I don't. I had by my count, I think I had them with seven turnovers and just one shot in the second quarter. Um, yeah. You know, so I mean, they they really had a hard time, you know, just just getting opportunities. And, um, you know, if you're giving BG that many chances, I mean, they're, you can only slow them down for so long. And, and, you know, that's what Pinkerton did. I mean, it was, it was a 2-1 or 3-1 game for a while. And then, you know, the floodgates opened a little bit. It got up to 7-1, and then it was 9-1 at halftime. Uh, but you know what? Coming out in that second half, it got, it got up to 10-1. to And then Pinkerton, you know, they, they found a little bit of, um, you know, room to maneuver. Um, BG kind of took their foot off the gas. You know, and that was kind of the interesting thing, you know, after the game that uh, that Coach Cameron said, you know, he said usually that the team that wins this game, you know, in the regular season kind of looks at it as, well, maybe we don't need to make adjustments. We'll just go out and do what we did the next time we play. Um, but he said they're going to need to adjust, make adjustments because of the way that second half went. So I think, um, you know, I, I think despite BG winning, you know, you, you'd think maybe they come out the next game and, and you know, get up a little bit again and maybe maybe the same thing happens but I don't think they're gonna I, th- I think they're gonna probably avoid that going into Thursday I think it's a matter I think it's a matter of BG being able to keep the pressure on which they can do because of how, how deep they are I mean BG runs a really aggressive ride and makes you earn everything every single time you try and clear the ball even if you do clear it you're working really hard to do that and if you don't have the depth that they do you know, by the by, the third and the fourth quarter, you're you're worn out. Um, so all the more reason why it was impressive that that Pinkerton was able to come back uh, in the second half the way that they did. I mean, to me, Riley Spellman, he showed up to play. Uh, I was impressed. Two new guys that I hadn't really seen before, Joey Gallo and uh, and Michael Uber, um, both had both had big games. Um, anybody anybody else? You know, we'll stick with Pinkerton for a second. Anybody on the on the Pinkerton side besides those guys really stick out? To, I mean, uh. you know, Druin. Um, yeah, they, BG did a pretty nice job of, of kind of taking him away. Um, you know, Matt Cranny got the assignment to, to kind of, uh, stick with him all night and he had held him to a goal. Um, you know, and at times they just couldn't get him the ball. Um, but yeah, on, on, um, and I'm going to kick myself here for, for not remembering this, but, but Pinkerton's faceoff guy, I thought, I mean, he didn't, he didn't win a ton, but you know, he, he looked pretty good against Bedford and, you know, I, I think he, it, it he's it just looked kind of promising I think at times um, you know even though he like I said he didn't win a ton of faceoffs yeah freshman freshman Cole Franks uh, you know I coached him when he was when he was younger on Tomahawks he's a uh, he's he, he's good he's built like a faceoff guy he's built like JJ from from BG obviously smaller because he's a freshman but um, right. you know and I think the other thing to watch too is is the differences in styles this year because the NFHS and the NHIA have yeah. not, um, across the board, adopted a standard, you know, college, uh, you know, stand-up neutral grip uh, regulation. You know, some of the some of the guys will will stick with the the knee down motor grip, and that that does make a difference. Um, you know, it does give a little bit of an advantage there. So I think, um, you know, with with JJ, you know, it'll be it'll be interesting to see if they if they feel that they need to do that. I know that JJ can do that, and, he, and he's done it before. But I know he also has ambition to play at a high level in college. 
And if you practice for three months doing knee down moto grip, and then you transition into summer and you're trying to get recruited, that that's a disadvantage. Right. So, um, you know, if I didn't take a close look at it, but if, if Cole Franks was using the moto grip and, and knee down, not to take anything away from it, it's still a freshman going up against a very, very good faceoff guy that can make a difference and probably probably was able to help him a little bit if that's what was going on there. Yeah, I was going to say that he, he I, if I remember correctly, um, obviously JJ was up and I don't think that, that Cole was. Um, yeah, yeah. And I feel like that was the case with him in and um, the Bedford game on Saturday too. And I, yeah, I have noticed that a lot, that there are, you know, some of the guys who seem to be, um, you know, guys that are maybe wanting to face off in college, that, that there's been a lot of guys that are standing, that are, are up this year. Uh, I'm actually impressed yeah. with the number of guys that are doing that. I, th- I thought there would be a lot more guys that, that take advantage of the, the, the rule that it hasn't trickled down yet. But I, I think we're seeing that guys really do care about the craft and that they do want to uh, they do want to do the right thing. And, and even though it, there's the short term advantage to doing it the other way, they're, they're seeing the bigger picture. So right. it, it kind of pretty cool to see that right now. Well, we'll see. I mean, we'll see what happens when we get into crunch time, right? <laughs> You know, if you yeah. really if you really need a face off and and uh, yep. you know the other guy's got an advantage. I don't so know. sticking sticking with this game, I mean, you know, obviously, it, you know, BG at times super impressive. You know, getting out to that nine one halftime lead. Who are some of the guys that really? I mean, I'm looking at the box score and I'm impressed by the the number of different guys that scored right. for them. Who who really stood I mean, out that's, to you? That's kind of been the biggest thing I think to me through the two games that I've seen BG play, is that it's not necessarily any one guy. Uh, it's like eight guys. Um, yeah. You know, when they got deep into the, the bench kind of early on last night uh, where you had, um, I think, a couple of freshmen um, scoring goals for them. And, uh, Brady, 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 Brady Dumont, Dumont who had four, four goals. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and Tim um, Tim Kiley, um, I believe. Is he a freshman? Tim Kiley yeah. and, and Connor Bouvier. Yeah. Um, you know, both of those guys recording their first goals. Yeah. So, I mean, um, that's, so that's kind of the big takeaway. I mean, I don't – I. I know that um you know there's a couple guys that are out who who were there you know they were expecting to kind of you know provide a lot of scoring but i mean i think there's just you know there's so many guys that can score for them that that's really the biggest thing is it it maybe hasn't been just one guy yeah i mean great to see you know and all the all the names that they have uh nick mcgovern's almost a a forgotten name there at times because of his injuries and other things that is that great to see him back on the field again yeah absolutely and scoring goals and having having a good game there and being a real force i mean very in my opinion very underrated player um you know and someone that got you know with all the riches they have yeah how do you forget about a kid like that when especially with how big of a presence he is on the field (laughs) so uh you know great great to see him back on and having success again there and and actually, um, another guy that's kind of stood out to me. Um, not, I mean, he's had his had a hand in the offense too. But I believe he's he's playing both ways. Is uh, is Michael Kiley? Um, yep. You know, he's been getting some time on defense too. And uh, you know, I thought he was he did a pretty good job uh, on both sides uh, Tuesday night. Um, so I mean, that's another guy that, yeah. I mean, he's a senior who you know you you kind of um, you know I know he got some some time as a sophomore but um you know maybe i don't know maybe uh, a guy who's really taken advantage of the opportunity of getting to to play a little bit more this year so i'm yeah i'm really impressed yeah. with what he was able to do so joe if you're if you're going to this game in your pinkerton how do you what what adjustments do you think what, what would be your biggest thing that you think you'd, you'd <laughs> want to see from your team if you were you know obviously other than scoring more goals than bishop Gerton, i don't know but, go you know, 
go, <laughs> a, go ask those guys that are down at Bryant to see if they have any uh, any, ah, any eligibility, any eligibility left. Uh, no, yeah. um, you know, I, I'm I'm not too sure what I mean. You know, maybe. Um, you know, we talked about how aggressive, um, you know, BG's um, ride is. So, I mean, it's it, that's kind of. I mean, that was where the biggest thing was. Is that even even in, in moments where it seemed like they were going to be able to set something up offensively, you know, they rushed it a little bit in that second quarter, and then maybe made a pass that they didn't have to make. Um, you know, maybe trying to score like a, a, a five point goal. You know, so yeah. it it it. I mean, maybe that's the biggest thing is just being you know maybe trying to be a little bit more patient. Um, and that's, that's where I would, yeah, it's, it's anticipation, patience, uh, and, and valuing the ball. I mean, I think the biggest thing, if I'm, if I'm coach Goudreau and I've got one day to turn around here, I might keep it simple and say, look, we're not going to do too much offensively or defensively different, but we can make some adjustments on our clear, right? We can, we can make sure our spacing's better. We can look for certain areas where guys are going to be open in, in, in Bishop Girton's ride. Um, you know, and try and really get the ball. Every time we make a stop, we've got to make it count. We've got to get into the offensive end and we've got to get possessions, right? I mean, I don't think it's any secret. You know, you, you can't play run and gun with them, right? You've got to get up the field. you got to value possessions and you got to be very efficient. Um, so if, if I'm Coach Gaudreau, that's probably what I would have spent my practice on today is making sure that we were prepared for, for a good, you know, for Bishop Girton's pressure ride again. And, and uh, you know, conversely, um, you know, I, I, what would you say, what would be, coach Cameron talked about needing to make adjustments in the second half there. What, what do you think they're going to key on for Thursday's game? What would you expect them to, to look at? You know, I think the biggest thing is maybe just the, the intensity, uh, you know, that that was something that they seemed to be lacking a little bit in that second half. Um, you know, and, and that's a, I mean, that's a tough thing, you know, sometimes in, in you know, at the high school level especially when you're, you know, you're up nine goals uh, with right. a lot of time left against a team that you don't normally get up nine goals on. Um, you know, I mean, the way the, the way it was flowing there, too, it, it felt like, you know, BG was a couple of, you know, big plays away from, from getting that game into running time. Um, you know, and it never, it never got there, uh, obviously, but it, it had the same the way feel. Yeah. We, we talked, we talked early after the Sauhegan game that when you get a big lead like that, it was so much time left. It almost, it almost feels, it, it feels difficult because you got to figure out like, okay, how do we not take our foot off the pedal, but yet also play smart. You don't want to just let the other team back into the game, you know, and you're, you're expending so much energy to get that big lead. You worry that if you keep pushing, your guys are going to get tired. And then all of a sudden you make stupid mistakes to let the other team back into it. But I think, I think BG is deep enough that, you know, it's maybe not pushing it between the lines, but when when uh, when Pinkerton does get it into their offensive end, I'd look for BG to kind of to continue to press all game long. They've got enough guys that I think they can press out and really say, look, you know, we're not going to let you just pass it around the horn and burn clock. We're we're going to make you earn it. You got to beat us one on one. We're going to press out. We're going to take the adjacents away. And you know what? If you can beat us one on one, good for you. But you know, how many times are you going to be able to do that? So I, I would look on Thursday to kind of kind of see for that, and and then conversely, like we talked about on the on the Pinkerton side, you know, can they can they value when they do get turnovers, when their goalies do make saves, how many how successful are they on the clear? I think you, for them to be successful, they've got to be over seventy five percent clearing the ball, right. if yeah. not if not greater. Yeah. Um. You know, and so I think that'll be a big stat. You know, come you know what what is their clearing percentage coming out of coming out of Thursday's game? That I think that's going to be a big that'll be telling. 
in my opinion. It, it kind of reminds me, and, and sorry to, to go way back in time and, and, and switch sports here a little bit, but it reminds me of when uh, in 2009 when Milford was going to play, Milford football was going to play Sauhegan in the middle of Sauhegan's like, you know, dominant run, uh, 08, 09, uh, 2010. I think they, they lost two games in that stretch. Uh, one to Portsmouth, maybe three. One to Portsmouth. I think they lost to Central, and they lost in 09 to Milford, who had never beaten Sauhegan. And um, you know, it was a Milford team that really, you know, they have some. They've had some great players over the year, but I think that year a lot of the guys that ended up being really good for them were still pretty young. And I remember their head coach Keith Jones saying to me, you know, I asked him, you know, how are you gonna, how do you plan to win this game? He said, well, we're gonna hope their bus breaks down on the way over here. And uh, what they ended up doing was. <laughs> They came out and they settled for just running the ball, keeping it away from Sauhegan, and just scoring enough to, to stay out in front. And they ended up winning. And, uh, you know, I'm, I mean, that's kind of what Pinkerton's game plan, I think, has to be. Just keep the ball away from Bishop Girton as long as they can. Um, and hopefully they're scoring every once in a while. Uh, obviously, it's easier said than done. Um, but, I mean, that's I guess that's probably the biggest thing I would look at. Yeah, no, agreed. So that'll be that'll be an interesting one to watch tomorrow night. Yeah. So, um, I think you wanted to talk a little bit about the the impressive start that Exeter has been off to. Their offense, you know, uh, fifty plus goals in, in their three games. Uh, that, that incredible start. Yeah, just just and, remarkable. Um, you know, and it's it's, you know, they they obviously haven't played Pinkerton or BG yet. Um, the other two top teams. Um, you know, but they've played some pretty good teams in National South. What two South teams and in South your East. top ten poll right? Two teams, yeah, they played, played, they've played they play yeah. South and South East, South so. and South both in the top ten, um, both very talented teams, um, you know, and they they beat both pretty handedly, um, you know, so they've been in- incredibly impressive, and um, you know, I think they're almost in a little bit of a situation like um, like BG is, and to a certain degree Pinkerton is, you know, they're they're going to go through the month of April, um, probably doing this to a lot of teams, scoring a lot of goals. Uh, not giving up a lot of goals. Um, you know, they don't play. They play BG the first week of May. And um, I think, you know, we talked about, you know, the adjustments and what's going to happen game to game. And I wouldn't be surprised if that first game against BG Exeter comes out and has a bit of a struggle just because they haven't, you know, maybe seen anybody close to that caliber right away. Yeah. Um, you know, you almost almost kind of hope wish that they had, you know, maybe Pinkerton before BG so they could, you know, kind of get a little bit, um, you know, that, that level, uh, to get up to that game. Um, but you know, I mean, we got a lot of, that's two weeks away. A lot can happen between now and then. When, when is that game scheduled? I'm looking, I'm on the NHIA website and I can't, that game is actually not showing, that game is actually not showing up on there. Well, that's your, your, uh, your first problem there is the, the NHIA website. Um, <laughs> you mean, you mean BG and, and Exeter? Yes. Yes. yes they, so they play, um, they have an interesting uh, Monday-Friday split uh, that first week of May. They play at Exeter uh, Monday, May 3rd, and uh, they turn around and then play Friday, May 7th at Stelos. Uh, so, you know, it's, that's going to be a fun one because that's a certain someone's uh, 40th birthday. Uh, uh, so we'll, we're going to all wear – I'm going to bring some party hats. Hopefully someone will get me a cake, and uh, we can just have a, a big party after the game. Socially distanced party, of course. Well, that is the missing week that's on the schedule there, so that makes sense <laughs> that the, that they're playing there. 
I'm looking. Uh, you know, they've got they've got Londonderry coming up this weekend too. So that'll be that'll be interesting to see. You know, kind of. I think we'll get a good feel at that point. We'll have a good feel of that next group uh, before going into before their games with with PG and uh, and Pinkerton there. So that'll that'll be a good one this weekend. Um, you know, I think we, we've got a little bit, it looks like Spencer Clark has been taking some face-offs for Exeter there. We, we said coming into the season that they didn't necessarily have a true photo, but, you know, Spencer's a good, he's a really, really good athlete, uh, very good competitor. You worry a little bit that that wears them out a little bit, but they've got enough guys around them that I think, you know, they can, they can help them out. You can always throw a pole up there too. Um, you know, and it looks like so far their, their young goaltending crew is holding up pretty well. Um, as well, I know there was a, there was a little bit in that that little shaky start in that first game against Nashua South, but um, you know it looks like they're looks like they're starting to settle down there. So yeah, they've been they've been splitting a little bit of time uh, between the two guys. Um, yeah, I, I think Spencer did uh, took some faceoffs in those first two games against South, but um, yesterday it was all um, there. I want to say he's a freshman, and of course I can't. F- <laughs> Here I am, here I am, fully prepared here, uh, trying to find the, the Exeter roster I have here so I can get the young man's name right here. Uh, but they had, um, yeah, they had their their uh, freshman, I think he's a freshman face-off guy taking all of those in a uh, Bryce uh, Sturdivant uh, was, was taking face-offs yesterday against Sauhegan. Um, I actually heard someone uh, yell from the stands at Spencer, when are you going to take a face-off? And he just kind of, <laughs> <laughs> he just kind of looked up at the stands like, Wait, what? What are you yelling at me for? <laughs> Not if I don't have to. Yeah, right. Um, you, you know, and I think that's probably been something that's, um, you know, it, w- what he's done this year has kind of um, been a surprise to me. You know, I, I kind of went into the year thinking that he was probably going to be, you know, one of the guys leading that offense. And, and he certainly has, you know, gotten his goals for sure. Um, but he's been playing both ends of the field. And almost kind of deferring to some other guys on offense. Oh, he's a, he's definitely a throwback player. He can he he can do it between the lines. He can play offense. He can play defense. And you know that's that's when you know you've got a good team is when you know your best player can be sort of that that you know distributor or that guy that's going to draw all the attention. And then you know other guys. He's still going to get his two or three goals, but the other guys are going to start filling up the box score because everybody's paying so much attention to him. And that's. That's when you know you've got your offense rolling at that point, when you've got six, seven, eight guys all hitting the box score. And, uh, you know, that's what Spencer definitely brings. You know, he's going to draw attention anywhere on the field that he goes. You know, Connor Holly, uh, you know, great player there, is going to draw guys. And so they've, they've got plenty of firepower that can do it. Um, you know, um, something that um, we kind of touched on earlier um, but wanted to talk about a little bit more was um, – you know the the overtime games that have have been taking place, and um, you know how it's kind of the, the just the level of competition. I think it's maybe specifically amongst the D two teams that have been playing each other. That you know you've got teams like like we said Timberlane and Wyndham that are both starting out zero and three, and certainly are not zero and three teams. Um, they've just you know they've had tougher draws to start the year. I mean Timberlane losing two overtime games, uh, one to Winnicott, kind of, one to South. When kind of winning two overtime games with with Timberlane and and, and Wyndham uh, on Tuesday, you know, so I I, I find this kind of I, I guess like what we were talking about, it's just kind of fascinating to see how some of these matchups go and and who beats who and and is everyone just going to beat up on each other a little bit? Uh, a lot of parity. We said it coming yeah, in. I don't know if yeah. people believe me coming into the season, <laughs> but there's a lot of parity in, in Division Two this year. Um, you know, yeah, I, I definitely do not think that 
you know, Timberlane is a false 0 and 3 team. Right. They're going to get some they're going to get some wins. Um, you know, unfortunately their their uh matches this week with Dover were, were canceled, but they they picked up Keene on Thursday and then they've got Nashua North on Saturday. Uh, they got some big ones with Portsmouth coming up the following week. Uh, so that'll be an interesting test for them. They got Oyster River, Wyndham, Alburn, and Spalding. So there's some wins on that schedule there. And again, a team that, you know, it doesn't really matter. No one's going to want to play them come, come mm-hmm. random draw seating time. Yeah. You know, they, they're, they're a pretty good team. They've got a good defense. Uh, Brady Marston's been hot net for them. Um, you know, they're, again, very solidly coached team that, that no one's going to want to play come playoff time. Yeah, I'm glad I'm glad you mentioned Brady there. He was um, he was outstanding in that game against South on Saturday. Um, I thought for a good portion he he kept them in that game. Um, yeah, so yeah, he's a he was that's the first time I've seen him play. Uh, it was very came away very impressed. So you know, and the other thing I think we we had touched on a little bit. We talked you know uh, Winnicott comes out you know expected to be one of the top teams in Division Two, goes at Timberlane, wins twelve three. And then everybody's thinking, wow, that's, you know, I, I didn't really expect, you know, maybe Winnicott really is that good. And at times, I, I think they can be that good. But then it just shows you, you know, two days later, you turn around and it's a 7-6 triple overtime game, right? And how quickly, right. okay, we just, you know, maybe Timberlane didn't didn't know exactly what Winnicott had. They didn't execute well. And, you know, talking to Coach Blaskett, they were trying to do some things. You know, they, they turned the ball over, uh, he told me, like eight times, literally like eight times clearing. You can't turn the ball over eight times clearing and expect to expect to win, you know. So all those things you look at a twelve three game and you're like, wow, okay, that really wasn't a close game, you know. Nine goal or eight goals, how are you going to make that up? And um, you know, uh, it just wasn't. It was it was a lot closer than that score indicated. And right. I think we've seen that in other. I've seen, we've seen that in other games this year as well. Yeah. Uh, any other any other uh, boys uh, news or results that you? Uh, kind of stood out to you this week yeah i mean i just a huge shout out manchester manchester memorial yeah. central uh Man- manchester up, united yeah manchester united yep. picked up a picked up a 5-4 win over alburn uh i'm sorry actually i think i think i got that it was a one goal six four seven four. seven four yeah seven four so picked up a, picked up a big win there they actually they looked i i got to see them play Goffstown a little bit they looked pretty good against Goffstown. They got good numbers out. Um, so, you know, great to see them get a win there. And then I uh, want to give a shout out to coach Sean O'Brien making his return to the, to the Pembroke sideline there, picked up a five, four win against Bo. I, it might be Pembroke's first ever win against Bo. Um, you know, Bo always a strong program. So great, great yeah. to see coach O'Brien back on the sidelines and uh, Pembroke picking up a, an early season win against Bo there. Right. So two, two scores that kind of stood out to me. All right. Well, uh, let's uh, let's change change gears here. I want to want to talk a little bit about uh, what's going on on the girls' side too. Uh, some some of the starts over there and and kind of the team, um, kind of team that's you know kind of caught my eye here. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about them in the when we did the preview. Um, you know that that I thought they would be a team that was kind of. Um, you know, I just wasn't really sure where they were going to be to open the season, and uh, that, that's Nashua South. They've got uh, open up the year three and zero, outscoring the the three uh, three teams they play, or excuse me, the three games that they've played, forty eight to one. Which I mean, I I mean, I know maybe some of the they haven't played some of the stronger teams in in D one, but that's still, you know, for for a team that's um, a little on the younger side that graduated a lot from last year, um, I I'm pretty impressed with that start. Uh, 
I will say. I, it's a it's a great start. I mean, I, you know, yeah, any anytime you can have a, a goal differential of forty eight to one, uh, that that says that says enough about your team right there that they're gonna be they're gonna be in the mix that they're gonna be able to be able to compete against most teams that they play. So great, great to see Nashville South getting off to a hot it's, start there. It's um, you know, they're they're kind of a team, you know, like we talked about you know, Exeter and BG, you know, spreading out the scoring and, and not having to rely on, on all of their top kids to do that. And I think South has kind of been in that that same boat too. I mean, we expected, I think, Olivia Johnson to have, you know, a lot of goals for them early. And, and you know, they beat uh, Keen Manadnock on Tuesday. She had four goals in that one. You know, we I think we expected her and, and, and Caitlin West to kind of lead the offense. But there's been a couple other kids stepping up. Um, Soleil Dubois has had a couple goals. She had three the other night. Um, Bella Walsh also had a couple, and then they've got a freshman, uh, Ella Ben Zekri. Uh, apologies if I butchered that. I think I might have. Um, you know, she had four goals against Keeneman Andock the other night. So I mean, they've, um, you know, they're getting a pretty good uh, mix of scoring there, and uh, you know, and then they've done pretty well uh, on the draw as well. So I mean, you know, impressive stuff I think from South. Well. Well, really, I guess uh, they're going to go from from or to the opposite end of the uh, the, the competitive spectrum there next week, though, as uh, they've got two against Bishop Girton coming up next week. So uh, yeah. we'll really find out uh, where they are uh, next week when we talk. How about the other? How about the their neighbors to the north? There, yeah. Nashua North off to Them a hot start at three three and all, picking up two wins over Merrimack and, and a win over Manchester Central the other day. Yeah, um, you know, again, not the not the not the top of Division One, but still a nice start for Nashua North, starting off the year undefeated. Well, you you throw Bishop Girton into that mix, and the three Nashua schools there are eight and zero on the season. There you go. So they're Nashua, the place to be for uh, for girls lacrosse right now. You know, to the North, all impressive start. You know, Bedford, two nice wins, two nice wins over Southeegan, two two fairly convincing wins, uh, and then a shutout a shutout victory over over Salem there too. So Bedford showing showing their medal early in the season there. Well, we talked about how tomorrow night is, um, you know, the second of the two uh, BG Pinkerton meetings, and uh, you know, as as things stand right now, tomorrow is also going to be. Um, the, well, it'd be the first meeting between the girls' programs as well. Um, of course, Monday's game was was postponed to uh, May fifth. Um, didn't get complete confirmation as to why, but heard a couple things. Um, so hopefully they'll be playing that game tomorrow night. It's supposed to be a seven o'clock start over at Stellos, and uh, I'm I'm really intrigued uh, by this one. I'm almost as much as I was the boys' game. Um, you know, I'm I'm really curious as to to what is going to go down with this one. Um, you know, of course you've got BG that has lots of offensive firepower and, um, you know, I saw Pinkerton last Saturday against Portsmouth and, and, you know, I, I'd say the same thing about them. Um, their offense is, is very good. They've got, uh, a lot of depth there. Kids that are familiar playing with each other. Um, it's just on the defensive end that, that they probably have some work to do. Um, yeah, that'll be, that'll be the question. I mean, they put up, you know, 19 goals, 19 goals, 14 goals against Portsmouth. They give up 10 against Portsmouth. You know, not the not the worst Portsmouth, the perennially, you know, they, they won a lot of D2 strong, perennially strong D2 program, won a lot of state titles there. So, you know, not a horrible thing to, to give up 10, 10 to Portsmouth there. But that, you know, playing at Bishop Girton on a fast track at Stellos, um, that'll, that'll, that'll really test. We'll, we'll, we'll get a good indication of what Pinkerton's defense is like at that point. 
And I want to say that of that 10, I think a lot of them came late. I think it was uh, Portsmouth got out to a lead early and then uh, and then Pinkerton came back and then, you know, they were up kind of kind of comfortably. And then Portsmouth came back. Um, yeah, it was it was a 12 to oh, excuse me. Um, yeah, 12 to six game. Uh, Portsmouth had the or Pinkerton had the lead with just under 12 minutes to play uh, and and. Portsmouth made things interesting down the stretch. Uh, maybe maybe a goal or two away from really making making the Astros sweat. Um, you know, but when they had the ball, when Pinkerton was able to win draws and and hang on to the ball, I mean, they were just scoring whenever they wanted to. Um, and I guess I, you know, I guess that's kind of what, what we talked about in the boys' game. Um, you know, keep the ball away from BG's offense and and. Score when you can. Um, and that's, well, lacrosse on both the boys and girls side has been has been definitely tilted towards the offense over the last past, you know decade or two or two decades. Uh, more and more rules are coming in to help speed the game up and, and to create more scoring opportunities. So, yeah, I mean the name of the game is you got to win draws, you got to win faceoffs, and you, and you got to have a goaltender that can make some stops. Otherwise, that that's just the way the game is right now. You know, teams will go on runs if you if you don't have the ability to get the ball or stop the ball. So it's, it's not to overcomplicate things. Can you, can you get the ball and can you make stops? So, um, you know, I saw you had, uh, you had South Egan and Portsmouth circle on your calendar as a game to watch. What, what stands out to you in that game? Yeah, this Saturday, uh, 10 a.m. start over at South Egan. Uh, more so than anything else, um, what stands out to me is, is the coaching matchup. Uh, you know, a couple of new coaches at both programs. Um, but both really familiar with Sauhegan. Uh, you've got uh, at Portsmouth, uh, Jojo Kiro, who um, actually was hired to be the head coach last year. Obviously, didn't you know coach any games. Um, so coaching her first couple of games this year, they're uh, I believe two and one on the season, um, and she's bringing Portsmouth into Sauhegan to face her older sister, who is now the head coach at Sauhegan uh, McKinley. So they they both played for the Sabers, played for former uh, Sauhegan coach Marin Petropolis. Um, I believe Jojo was a member of the 2007 team that won a won Division One championship. Um, you know, both had great high school careers. Went on to play uh, successful career, have successful careers in college. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm really excited to see just the kind of coaching matchup there. I, you know, I've, I've not seen McKinley coach uh, before. I've, you know, Saturday was the first time I saw, um, you know, a Jojo coach a team so that you know that was um interesting to see that um and, and especially too because I, I i came in i think my first year working at the cabinet in milford um was mckinley's senior year so i don't you know that was a long time ago i don't remember too much about that i do remember um you know jojo's senior year and that lacrosse that uh Sauhegan team and i believe they won they might have won division two field hockey or at the time i think it was class i uh, field hockey that year too so it's that's another interesting aspect too uh, you know I, m- I mentioned I'm uh, getting a little bit older in a couple weeks here uh, but seeing um, seeing kids that I covered when I first started doing this uh, now coaching teams uh, that's uh, that makes me feel like I've been doing this for a little while wait till they wait till they start coming back and working for you then, <laughs> then you'll start to feel really old uh, I don't want yeah I'm, I'm the, let's not go that far yet <laughs> well yeah that'll be a great game and that'll be that'll be one to look forward to look forward to this weekend 
Before we wrap up, any uh, anything else that uh, any other games you're looking forward to coming up here? Well, there's a there's a big one Friday night or Friday afternoon that I'm planning on uh, attending here. Uh, that would be uh, a, a Dairyfield boys team going to Goffstown and playing the Grizzlies uh, in the uh, in the Grizzly Den or, or whatever the they, den. they call that over there. Um, this that'll be your uh, first game on grass this year too, right? First game on grass. Yep. Uh, not an easy place to play. Tough place to play there. Uh, you know, it's especially when you're used to playing on, on a turf field, on a fast turf field there. Um, looking forward to it. Um, you know, it's great to see Coach Lawson back on the sidelines again there. You know, longtime coach with a bunch of different programs. Actually actually started at Dairy Field way back when, when uh, Dairy Field first started their program. Won a couple titles at Bow, and then uh, did great things with Manchester Central, and is now now back on the sidelines there, coaching these guys up. So, um, you know, typical typical uh, blue collar, hard nosed Goffstown team, going to fight all the way to the end. And you know, they've they've got some talented players, and they're they're a team that's going to get better and better all season long. So, our guys are expecting a fight on uh, on Friday, and I know they're going to. I know Goffstown's going to bring it. So, I got to get my guys ready. We got one day to prepare here. Yeah, and we we got to mention too. I don't I don't think we mentioned this. Uh, that win over Sauhegan last Friday was uh, was a bit of a milestone for. Was it for you or for the program? Uh, a little bit of both. We uh, you know, it, it was my 200th win, and it was our our 200th win since returning to uh, varsity status after we had dropped down to club for a few years and then came back in, in the fall of 2000 or in the spring of 2007. Um, so yeah, I mean, just uh, really meaningful in a lot of ways. I mean, it was, it was a great, great night and they came against a great opponent and um, you know, thrilled for all the alumni and, and the, and the kids that had helped make that possible before this year. Uh, but also the lo- longest wait for a win of, of my life. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's right. So yeah, you were... <laughs> stuck on 199 since June 8th of 20, 2019. So, uh, you know, long, long time coming, but uh, it was great to get that. But now, uh, now we're just kind of focused on the next one. We, we right. want, uh, we want 202 come next Friday. All right. So. Well, now we, so we, we weren't sure about the indoor game, but we know that's got to be a, a state record there. Longest time between win 199 and 200. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that might be a national record that, actually. And it will so. never, it never be broken. Hopefully. <laughs> For the sake of the coach that's going after it. I, I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, he is uh dairy field uh, AD and boys lacrosse coach, Chris Hetler. Chris, thanks again for joining me. Joe, always a pleasure. Looking forward to next week. I am Joe Marcellina. We'll talk to you then.